You are a leader. No matter your role, leadership starts with you. This show is different. You'll be listening to a live coaching session. This is a Leadership Muscle Podcast, a show dedicated to doubling your leadership impact. Here's your coach, Scott Asai. This is episode number 10, Experience is the Best Teacher. Today, we'll be talking to Alex Cantor, CEO and founder of Ordermark. Hey, Alex, how's it going? Hey, Scott, how are you doing today? Good, good. Um, yeah, well, thanks for being here. Let me just kind of start by introducing our guest, Alex Cantor. Um, we definitely are not strangers to each other. I actually had the pleasure of working with Alex when he was a teenager. And back then, it was pretty clear to me, at least, that he was going to be an entrepreneur. It's just a matter of when and what he's going to do with it. And fast forward, I want to say maybe, I don't know, less than 10 years. Um, yeah, about, about 10 you know, years. About, <laughs> yeah, 10 years forward. Um, he is now the CEO and founder of Ordermark. And uh, it is a company that's really blowing up. And I'm excited about his success and excited about where he's sort of going to go with it. Um, but yeah, let's let's kind of go backwards a little bit and talk about I don't know how much you remember, but when we were we were working together originally trying to figure out what you wanted to do, like what do you remember about our conversation and what sort of do you look back to and say, "Oh yeah, that actually like really applies to what I'm doing now." Um it, well, it's funny you asked that. I just um I was I was reflecting back uh, when you had reached out and we reconnected. I was thinking about uh, when we used to do some work together, um, when you were doing some life coaching. And I was, I think I was maybe 13, 14 years old at the time. So I hadn't even begun to start thinking about a career or what I'd be doing uh, with my life. Um, I, I, uh, I hadn't even started my first job yet. So I think it was, um, it was kind of a funny experience for me um, because when you um, when you had done your analysis and we did a couple of tests <laughs> together, um, you concluded that I would probably be an entrepreneur, and I don't even know if I really understood what that <laughs> meant. So, <laughs> so um, now now I uh, now I'm starting to get um, a feeling for what it what it really means to be an entrepreneur, and I'm really glad that. Um, that not only you were able to detect that at an early age, but that I started um, pursuing, you know, different business-related activities growing up and starting to use my entrepreneurial skills and mindset to really try and start something fresh. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. And uh, I'm not surprised, to be honest, uh, where you are now. I think maybe to a degree, maybe you are in terms of how things have kind of escalated, but in terms of, like, just how your mind works and your skill set, it seems like it's a perfect fit. Um, talk a little bit about, tell people what Ordermark is and kind of like how you even came up with that idea. Sure. Um, I'll start by saying that Ordermark is an online ordering management platform for restaurants. And really, we're helping restaurants embrace online ordering and preparing them for the next generation of the restaurant mm -hmm. industry. Right now, the restaurant industry is experiencing a shift that we've seen in other, uh, in other industries, almost like an e-commerce phase of the restaurant industry, where you have all of these brick-and-mortar restaurants um, across America that have, for many years, relied on foot traffic 
and conducting business within their four walls. And now with online ordering and apps like Grubhub and Postmates and Uber Eats, um, we're experiencing people using their smartphones, ordering food for delivery to their homes, to their office. And we're really here to embrace those restaurants to prepare them for this this movement mm, that's happening. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, nobody's ever mad at extra income, that's for sure. Um, what, <laughs> what kind of made you think of this? I mean, I know it's probably not giving too much away, but uh, working you know, at your, your family's business, Cantor's Deli, and obviously being exposed to it a lot. I know like you and I briefly talked about how this is really probably something that's close to your heart because you know, you come from a family of like a small business owner or owners and for it to be something that you've been passionate about in terms of industry and being able to help other people who are in maybe your dad's or your grandfather's or whatever like that, you know, relative shoes. Um, you know, what, I don't know, just like overall, like what sort of fueled this in, in general? Sure. So uh, to give you some context on my background, I actually grew up in a restaurant. My family owns Cantor's Deli um, in West Hollywood. It's a restaurant that has been an institution in Los Angeles. It's been around for 87 years, started by my great grandfather in 1931 and passed down through all the generations of my family. So my grandpa worked there his whole life. Um, my dad uh, started working at a very early age, 17 mm. years old and has worked pretty much every day since. Mm. And I got a unique experience growing up in the restaurant industry as well, um, working at the deli at a pretty young age. I think I started waiting tables when I was 13, 14 years old and uh, worked my way up to um, all the different, through all the different positions, working uh, in the kitchen, behind the deli counter, um, really focusing on uh, innovation, bringing in new technology into the mm. restaurant, um, brought in a mobile-friendly website, uh, introduced the first point-of-sale system into mm. the restaurant, um, and really looking to upgrade anything from the menu to the way that we're reaching new customers. And along that journey, um, I uncovered how powerful online ordering mm. was for our restaurant, starting with um, working with Grubhub, actually. Um, a couple years back, I think it was uh, a little over five years ago, we, we began our journey with third-party online ordering. And quickly after that, Eat24 popped up and DoorDash and one mm. by one, different, different online ordering services started um, walking into the restaurant, offering to you know, connect us to more customers. And we learned that it was all incremental revenue. Mm. So if we weren't listed on an app, we didn't exist to all of the users within mm. that app. So uh, fast forward a bit. We ended, we ended up signing up for 14 online ordering services, wow. which, which meant we had nine tablets, two laptops, and a fax machine just to manage the incoming online orders. Wow. And, the, and the staff wanted to kill me <laughs> because it was so disruptive to our operations. Um, there were no tips when it came to online ordering, and it really it really started to take off and we saw online ordering volume doubling year over mm. year to the point where it now makes up over 30% of our total business as a wow. restaurant. And so, you know, rather than turning off these online ordering services, I really wanted to brainstorm and come up with a solution that brings all of these systems together 
um, with a flow so that the orders can go right into the kitchen with ease. And that was kind of the birth of the concept of order market. And it really just took um, finding the right team to make this happen and all my co-founders involved. And, and we, we started the company in January of 2017. So last wow. year. And we've just been, you know, we hit the ground running and, and have been trying to help as many restaurants embrace um, online ordering and not fight against it, even though it could be very challenging if you're not prepared. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, this is a two-part question, just so that people get a better sense of contextualize, like, what Ordermark does or what Ordermark is. Um, what is sort of the value proposition for number one, the restaurant, and then number two, I know you've gotten some funding. What is the value proposition that you've pitched to investors? Sure, so I'll start with, uh, mm -hmm. with the restaurant. <laughs> um, restaurants are typically not um, the most innovative mm -hmm. bunch. I would say there are a lot of restaurants that have been operating for so long in a certain way that thinking about thinking about changing the nature of, of the way that you accept orders is, is a challenge. And, and it's very, it's very challenging to navigate this space particularly because there are so many resources available. There are so many great online ordering companies mm. out there that are available and relevant in each zip code. And all Ordermark is doing is plugging these restaurants into as many online ordering services that, that they can, that they can tap into so that, um, they don't have to pick and choose which ones they want to work with. They can actually benefit from all mm. of them. And we're not an online ordering company. We're we're not competing in any way with Grubhub or Uber Eats. All we're saying is we're going to streamline this process, send each restaurant a single tablet and printer for all of their online orders to funnel mm. through so that, that the staff can just put their heads down, crank out food, and not think about all the logistics involved to fulfill online ordering. Yeah, that's great. Which means less less canceled orders, less messed up orders, mm -hmm. and really really trying to alleviate the the pain of of altering your operation to to accommodate this new style of ordering. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I mean so I would definitely say yeah. like just to kind of chime in a little bit, I would say that if you didn't have that restaurant experience, you know, for a big chunk of your life, like maybe that type of solution would never really cross your mind, right? Because the, the story of having, like, signing up for the, all those different services and seeing how chaotic it is, right, like, firsthand, and then also experience that through, like, your coworkers probably made you, like, okay, wow, there really is, like, a pretty huge pain point here that the average person couldn't see. But clearly, when you guys are talking to other restaurants, they're just like, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I want to be on there, but I also don't want it to kill me, right? So, um Exactly. And we're not a, cons we're not a consumer facing mm -hmm. product. So we're not selling to you know people through an app store. We're, we're selling to restaurants. We're a B2B SaaS platform. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's amazing to see all these restaurants that just get it. Like when we, when we tell them that we can help um, not only streamline their current online ordering nightmare, but also plug them into additional revenue streams. It's, it's, a, it's a really great solution for that. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, so, so kind of turn to the, the investor side. Like what has, what do you feel like, I mean, granted you're not in their head, but what do you feel like 
when an investor heard and decided to invest in you guys, what was it that they really like bought into? Well, I think um, from the investment side, uh, we've you know we've raised over three million in capital, all from mainly from Los Angeles institutional venture capitalists, mm-hmm. including Ten One Ten, Mucker Capital, and Act One Ventures. Mm-hmm. Um, all um, who co- they all, all three of those co-led our our last seed round mm-hmm. of funding, and I think they really believed in not just the idea, but also the team to execute mm. it. I think our, our, our founding team and executive team um, were, were really the right people to solve this problem, uh, not just from the restaurant experience, but also from a technical standpoint, from a, a marketing standpoint. We have all of, the right, uh, all of the right people in place, a really well-balanced team with different years of experience. I'm actually... Um, it's a very interesting founding team. Mm-hmm. Um, we cover all the different generations, me being 25 all the way up to um, our CFO who's in his 60s and everything in wow. between. And so we, we all provide a unique perspective on and, and uh, experience to, to form this, this team together. And I think um, you know, we're, we're experiencing a lot of product market fit and traction and Originally, we thought we were building our product to help service a lot of small, independent restaurants, mom and pops. And then once we attended our first expo last year, we actually had a franchisee of Johnny Rocket sign mm-hmm. up. Um, and we started working with, with some, some larger, small to medium chains. And then from there, we started continued to expand and everything started compounding and um, we needed to ramp up our hiring to add salespeople, more development, account management, support, um, and all of the pieces to to make sure that we can continue scaling up and serving more restaurants. And now we're working with some top brands like TGI Fridays and Sonic mm. and a number of larger brands that are actually experiencing the exact same problem and even getting hit harder from a decline in foot traffic because less and less people... Mm are actually going to restaurants now. More people are ordering from home mm. and actually replacing replacing cooking at home and replacing other others uh, like office lunch with delivery. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Um, you know, when I mentioned to you that like entrepreneurship is almost like in your blood, literally, but also just for you in general, like based on, you know, when we've talked before, I know you did a lot of, like biz dev stuff at Cantor's. But I also know that before that, even like when we were meeting, I feel like, you know, you had, you were like in a band. I'm not sure if you still are, but, um, and then there are also different companies that you started when you're in college. Um, tell us a little bit about like some of the ideas you dabbled in before. Cause I, I really feel like, not to say that, you know, order mark obviously isn't an overnight success. Nothing is, but I do feel like, because you experimented like before then and saw some success and probably some mistakes that it helped you get to this point where you're like, you know, a lot of like success is based on timing, but a huge part of it is based on the preparation or sort of the learning and experience that you get beforehand. So talk to us a little bit about whatever like notable ones you feel like are, you know, relevant, like companies or ideas that you, you tried and really helped you get to where you are right now. Yeah, um, I'd be happy to dive into that a bit. 
when I was first starting to explore entrepreneurship, um, I think uh, I got to experiment a bit. Um, having canners as a, as a almost like a, a petri dish, a test environment for me to really try new ideas and mm. um, experiment. And try, I think I, at an early age, I tried uh, creating a shipping um, product to be able to send chocolate chip regular from canters to anywhere in the country that wanted it. We were, we were trying to stand up a, a canners deli shop to see if we can do mail order products. So I, I, um, I was very fortunate to have a place where I can test different entrepreneurial ideas. Mm. I was also playing in a band, uh, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, that, that was a great way to learn about, um, you know, marketing and pushing ticket sales and management and all the all the things that come with setting up shows and selling tickets to them Mm. um and then when i had gone to college the university of wisconsin madison i actually really started to take a deeper dive into into the startup game and tried to start a couple a number of companies on my own Mm. all uh massive quick sales <laughs> but but that's where you learn the most that's right um, I, I, um, I think it's important to fail fast and understand what your what your strengths and your weaknesses are um, I was trying to start a music festival actually in Madison Wisconsin um, called the Red Lights Festival and I started a production company and recruited um, some students using uh, the student org network and and we started throwing some events around around the campus, and uh, we were we were renting out bars and throwing um, like little little uh, concerts leading up to it. And I realized that you know organizing a music festival is something that I'm <laughs> not the best person to to lead. And there was a good a good experience for me to realize that everything that I thought that it was, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, I had this story in my head that that's what I wanted to do. And then I didn't really understand um, what that experience would be like until I actually tried it. And I'm really glad that I realized that that wasn't in my, in my uh, cards. Yeah, yeah. Because when I actually went to execute it, I, I like wasn't really enjoying the experience or anything around it. But um, I think just trying out different startups and and working with different people it really helped me realize like what i should focus more attention on i obviously have a unique experience with a strong restaurant background Mm -hmm. and i have um, a lot of insights and knowledge into the restaurant industry Mm -hmm. so when i started working more in the food space it felt more natural Mm -hmm. i felt like i had um kind of an unfair advantage being able to have my my background with canners and use uh, canners is a test ground so I started working at a, a couple of food tech startups mm. um, and then that led to um, meeting more people in the industry and and naturally um, through that process I, I met uh, my co-founder Mike Jacobs who had started an online ordering platform space and he had approached me um, to you know brainstorm the challenge of online ordering and restaurants and we we just kind of launched this together i needed to find the right people to work with and 
um, we really we really hit the ground running once we met each other. And this this company that we started, Order Mark, is really the first time that I feel like I'm doing mm-hmm. what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. <laughs> and it finally clicked, and and it feels so natural. And I feel I don't feel like imposter syndrome in any way. I feel like like we 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 really understand this market and we understand how we can help restaurants and we've already been making a, a a large impact on the restaurants that we've been working with and it feels good it's exciting it's it's been a lot of fun it's it's been a crazy journey too yeah no that that's that's great um what about if i remember right i think one of the big reasons why you you chose the university of wisconsin at madison was because of brett Favre, right <laughs> yes, I did grow up um, a Packers fan from Los Angeles, and randomly, um, when I was applying to colleges, um, our I had a college counselor who had recommended that I apply to at least 10 schools, so um, once I chose a couple that I was interested in, uh, she made me add more, more college campuses to the list, so I just started listing schools that I had never really been to. <laughs> Didn't, didn't know much about and randomly Madison, Wisconsin ended up on that list. And once I got accepted, um, my mom was the one who actually pushed me to go look at it in person. And once we got to the campus, I, I completely fell in love and realized that I needed to get out of Los Angeles and spend four years elsewhere, um, kind of starting fresh in a new environment where I didn't really mm-hmm. know anyone. And it really, like, it helped me... Um, grow a lot as an individual and really think about what I what I actually enjoy and I, I think I think it's really important for people to step into an uncomfortable situation because it uh, it forces you to mm. to swim. No, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, what do you sort of see as your long term strategy or vision for Order Mark? And you're obviously experiencing a lot of success, but I think as you as a CEO of the company, obviously a big role of yours is to kind of figure out how to grow this, right? And and obviously what the end goal is. Um, what do you, without really knowing, I don't think anyone ever really knows, but from what you know right now and what you've seen so far, what do you sort of see, what do you see order mark in say like a year or two from now? Um, ultimately, we're, we're just gonna build a great company and continue expanding and if there's anything exciting that presents itself along the way, we're gonna, you know, evaluate different mm-hmm. opportunities. But I don't see um, any any reason why we can't go, uh, like, we can't blow this thing up. Not just in the United mm. States, but we've already had a lot of demand in other countries: Canada, Mexico City, um, India, South wow. Korea. Brazil, there's been a number of restaurants that have tried to sign up for our service in other countries. There's been a number of online ordering services that are, you know, asking if we can expand so that they can, uh, they can simplify their, their operations as well and get rid of their hardware mm-hmm. and streamline their process. So I see, um, I see a big expansion opportunity and we're just going to keep our heads down and keep nice. drinking. Very cool. Um, I'm going to shift a little bit towards your role, I guess, as CEO. And I know that you briefly mentioned to me that, you know, it was kind of, could be intimidating, right? Like, obviously, you mentioned, like, your CFO is much older, and there's sort of that. But then 
to like in a in a leadership role where obviously you're not just kind of playing the strategy, but you pretty much have your hands in everything at this point. What do you see as your like style of leadership? You know, in, in this role of CEO, like what have you what have you noticed about yourself? What works? What doesn't work? You know what I mean? Like I think everyone who is effective at leadership understands what their style is and they stick with it. They don't try to be someone else. Uh, they don't try to emulate other people per se, but they know what their strengths and weaknesses are and they stick to that. And the more they can do what they're good at, they do. And the things that they need help with, if you have a team, like in your case, like you try to delegate or you ask for help with. So what would you say your overall like leadership style is with your team right now? Um, well, I would say early on when there weren't, when there wasn't a lot of help, uh, obviously everyone's playing mm -hmm. a lot of hats, um, everything from, you know, sales to psychologists <laughs> to, um, to, uh, you know, HR and hiring every, everything that comes along with scaling up a company. But every time we level up and expand out, I, I feel like I'm firing mm -hmm. myself from different <laughs> positions, um, which feels good. Um, it's nice to, you know, to remove different hats from what I'm doing and, and empower new people that we're bringing on to really run and, and take over um, different roles and responsibilities. And I would say um, there are probably, uh, there's a number of CEO leadership styles that I've seen other people work with. But for me, um, I would say I'm not a very... Uh, scary CEO. <laughs> um, I'm more, I'm more of a, um, like friendly type person. And sometimes it, like, it's, it's hard cause I'm, I'm usually good mm. cop, but uh, I'm not very good at playing bad cop, but luckily I have, um, I've surrounded myself with my co-founders who have all actually been CEOs mm. previously and they, they all understand what, what it means to be a CEO and what I'm going through and the investment process and, um, everything in between. So I, I do have a great um, network and people that I can rely on and go to with questions and advice. And I think it's really important to realize that you don't know all the answers and be able to lean on uh, other mentors and people that you can pick up the phone and call whenever there's something that's that's happening. And I would say it's, it's very valuable to not make any assumptions or try and like I'm not going to pretend like I know all the right. answers but um, it's important to to come out with confidence and make sure that everyone is feeling um, empowered and good about what they're working on and if there's anyone who isn't um, quickly finding a way to put them in a position where they enjoy what they're working mm. on and I think it's really all about mm. people and, and the culture that we've created I think um we we've created something that people are excited to come to work and collaborate with each other and no one is scared to ask questions or bring new ideas um, into into the executive team and and i really have like learned a lot about myself through the process mm -hmm. and overall it's just been a lot of fun watching this thing grow and i'm not a i'm not a dad but i feel like a, a proud father <laughs> anyways nice <laughs> nice well there definitely are parallels between entrepreneurship and parenting and you obviously experience that you know uh sometime in life so actually it, it actually it makes it makes a lot of sense because i'm in that i'm in that spot so i actually it's a really good analogy um 
you know, <laughs> one thing that I, I'm really big on is sort of these habits that people build, you know, and I think everyone has their own, right? Is there any type of habit that you have had for a while or maybe even started, you know, like when Order Mark started that you feel like has really kind of like become a part of your lifestyle, you know, that you feel like without it, you feel like almost a little bit empty. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like work related. Sometimes I, the most effective habits are actually non-work related because they help you get you focused so that you can do your best work. But I don't know if you have any, but if you do, I'd love for you to share anything uh, in terms of habits that you feel like have really helped you. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, like I always tell myself, like I wish I had a better morning routine or I wish I, wish I was working out more. Um, and I, I'd like to, you know, I, I always like wish that I was able to implement these things but I, I haven't found a lot of time mm -hmm. um but so not as much habit but more importantly like mental mm -hmm. health i would say it's really important for me um to be able to have um weekends where where i'm not in the office until midnight even though that happens many weekends mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um it, it is uh it is extremely important for me to take some time off and you know, go out to uh, a concert or out to dinner and really disconnect, uh, put on do not just do not disturb mode. <laughs> um, even if it's only for an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember, um, I remember the first time uh, it was about six months ago, I went to a movie with my girlfriend and we were walking to the theater and I like started getting anxiety. Like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to have my phone for two hours. And my phone was, like, in my pocket being blown up. And I remember thinking, like, this is crazy. Like, I should be able to, mm. to turn off for a moment. And um, I've, I've definitely been practicing that. I have um, – I found a, an incredible CEO coach um, through the Techstars program. Mm. Order Mark. fortunate to go through Techstars Boulder mm. um, earlier this year, which is w one of the larger tech accelerator programs. And I was connected to a, a CEO coach who's helped me um, with mindfulness and meditation, something that I've never been able to hmm. really connect with or achieve on my own. And I think just learning that I can take deep breaths at any moment and calm myself down. Um, and I would say, you know, different... Uh, other people have other ways to to relax through yoga, mm. through um, wh whatever it is that that makes them kind of turn off. And I'm I'm trying to find these new channels to to turn my my brain and my yeah. mind off that are that are healthy and will allow me to to jump back into work feeling refreshed and well, that's ready great. To go. I, mean, I think that some of the concepts you mentioned at the end, like med meditation and mindfulness, things like that, like those are probably things that maybe subconsciously, you know, you're doing now that you obviously weren't aware of before. So, I mean, you're hitting on like deeper topics like work-life balance and stuff like that, you know, at an early age, and that's only going to get harder, just, just so you know. Um, and so, I mean, you know, sure. it's the idea that you're sort of dealing with it ahead of time, it's kind of like the analogy of like, no one really teaches you finances, right? Unless you like take classes in that sort of thing, but finances becomes like an issue for you in life, right? So, the earlier you learn about it, the better it's going to serve you later on. And I feel like even though, you know, you may not have as many things you're juggling in terms of like outside of work, um, 
if you did, it would be crazier than it already is right now, right? So, I mean, I think it's just uh, the fact that you're experiencing that early just means you're going to be better at it when you get older, you know? So that's definitely um, a, a good thing. Um, as we kind of sort of wind down, um, you, you said a lot of things, you sort of shared a lot of experiences. Um, what's one piece of advice or like an action step that you'd like to give to our listeners? Um, I would say the, the biggest thing that I wish uh, I had realized at an even earlier age, which I'm, I'm fortunate that I realized it um, still at an early age, but um, just something that is important to understand is that you don't have to wait for anyone's permission mm-hmm. to do something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are waiting for someone to say, yeah, you should, you know, you should go pursue that business opportunity or you should start that you know, that jewelry company or um, what, whatever it is, I feel, I feel like if you just realize that, that you don't have to ask permission to anyone to get started and you can, you have the ability and power to, to get something off the ground on your own. I think that's, that's really important for people to understand. And then the other piece of advice that I would say is when you're first starting out, it's so important to realize that team is everything and Mm. if you have um sweat equity to use and you're able to give um you know uh you're able to bring on developers and and pay them using only equity early on it will it will go a long way Mm -hmm. no that's that's (laughs) that's yeah you can't do everything on your own you have to have other people fill different roles and um it's all about having a balanced team yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think a lot of people need to hear that, the permission piece, though, because I think that, you know, even the way formal education is set up, you know, you kind of like graduate and then you go to the next thing, you get a degree and then it's kind of like, okay, so now what, you know, but what you're saying is kind of like, I think through all these experiences that you've had, it's kind of given you like a different type of degree, right? And you've sort of taken that knowledge and experience and, and flipped it into something that is actually very tangible in terms of like, results or outcomes. So, um, you know, I, truthfully, a lot of times people have a lot of good ideas, but they just don't ever execute on them, right? And there's probably the next million, billion dollar idea out there, but it may never get off the ground because people are too afraid to kind of um, try, right? And, and you're, that's what you're talking about, the permission piece. Like if people aren't willing to say, well, I'm just gonna try it and see how it works out, right? Like they're so, fear, they're so scared of failing that they decide to like put the brakes on, but you haven't even pushed the gas yet, you know? So uh, how do you even know Absolutely. that? Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. So I think that that's great advice. Um, lastly, how can our, our listeners find you? It's up to you if you want to go personal, personal ways to contact you or <laughs> if you just want to go with the company one. I'll leave that to you. Uh, no, I'm happy to share. So um, first of all, if you always got to put an ask out there. So if anyone knows... Um, anyone who works at restaurants or related to the restaurant industry, um, please visit www.ordermarks.com. Nice. Um, we could definitely help you out. And if you're just personally trying to reach me, um, my, my email is alex.canter at getordermarks.com. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Any, any uh, social platforms that you're active on that you want people to kind of check you out on? 
Um, we're we're active on on all the different platforms. Uh, you can find us obviously t- at, um, at Ordermark on Twitter and Instagram and cool. Um, all the all the places. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. Cool. Well, yeah. I just wanted to thank you so much. It was it was actually a lot of fun catching up, and I'm looking forward to Alex and I are going to do an event together uh, in, in a couple of months. So that'll be a lot of fun to kind of um, meet face to face again. But thank you, Alex, for sharing what you have accomplished so so far. I know there's a lot more to come, and I also want to thank the listeners for tuning in and also check back for new episodes. And if you want to stay up to date. Uh, Just visit leadersflex.com, and uh, we will see you guys very soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Scott. Sure. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Muscle Podcast. Please visit leadersflex.com to download your free Leadership Muscle workout plan and get started on the latest content and events. Remember, leadership is a muscle. The more you train it, the stronger it gets. Keep training until the next episode.